3: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: All right, let's kick off the final hour of the Sunday Bet Prep Show, three hour NFL preview show. Will Hill, Matt Humans, and uh, let's welcome in our third guest, Willie Ramirez, who uh, is a host for ESPN Radio Las Vegas, also covers the Raiders for the Associated Press, and. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at Willie G. Ramirez. All right, Willie G., what do you think of uh, the Derek Carr era ending with the Raiders? Do you understand the move here by Josh McDaniels, and what do you think the fallout's going to be? What's going to be the impact on the Raiders in their game against the 49ers on Sunday?
6: Well, you know, after covering them for the, the time that they've been in Las Vegas, um, I, I, I understand the move. I just don't understand the timing um, at this point. It's somewhat of a, a slap in the face to the guy who's been the face of the franchise. And especially with what he did with this team last year, I've sort of been a car supporter, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of, um, you know, in years past, it, it's been very easy to see other deficiencies with this team. Sure. Defense letting down three, three, three of the last four games a couple of years ago when they were up big. Um, last year, with what he did and so many off-field distractions and how he was able to sort of rally the locker team, the locker room and, and and will the team to the playoffs along with Rich Passaccia and that staff, you know, I just felt like he, he had sort of become a centerpiece. Uh, we had heard so many stories about Josh McDaniels and what he had done with the Denver Broncos and his first as a head coach and sort of been a control freak and coming in and this is my squad. He changed the decor of the locker room and the, and the facility and, and, and sort of really implemented that Patriots controlling way. So he might not have done that on the exterior when he first got here in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but over the course of time, it's, he's, he's somewhat dislodged Derek Carr as the leader of this team and we all now know the press conference after the Colts game in which Derek Carr broke down crying, not that I tried to do it, but it was my question that sort of triggered that. When I, and I asked him because it was that day. I said, Derek, look, everything you've done for this team, is there a disconnect between you and this coaching staff? Because it doesn't seem to be working. And so um, I, the fallout is more long-term than it's going to be against the 49ers. I, I just think the 49ers are playing so well. And I just don't know if the Raiders have the mental wherewithal at this point to stand up to that defense and sort of just match wits with it. it, it There's no telling what's going to happen with Stidham. I understand how the line could be overinflated at this point and the value. But as far as wins and losses, I think the 49ers have just outclassed him. Long term, I'm not sure what's going to take place. I don't think Devontae Adams is going to stick around. And I think that they're just going to have to have a complete makeover. If they think it's going to be a one stop shop with Tom Brady for one season and they think that's what's going to fix it, well, then in another year, they're going to have to do a makeover anyway. So it's, it's really tough to, to sort of guesstimate long term because um, we, we've become so used to OTAs and training camp and Derek Carr being the franchise, the, the face of the franchise, like I said, and the leader while letting whoever's been the coach be the coach. Now, uh, McDaniels has certainly put his stamp on this team. And uh, I think a lot of us saw it coming. It was just sort of surprising, okay, out of nowhere, this is the timing you decide to do it.
5: Yeah. Uh, I, I knew it was coming. <clears throat> I knew it was coming, I think like you did. And I think the the poor performance by Derek Carr in Pittsburgh sealed it, and that's why his string of 91 consecutive starts is going to end uh, this week. I think, Willie, yeah. uh, what you're referring to, the big picture, is you got to wonder – Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, or are these guys going to be gone in the offseason? could be a total makeover for the offense. You're right. Yeah,
6: and I think Devontae, you know, with his uh, his Instagram post and saying, you know, that's my brother and I'm standing by him. No, if he's out – I mean, that's why he came here. He put that in his caption. He's the reason I'm here. So if he's not here, who's he sticking around for? And if, like I said, if they think Brady's coming to fix it, I don't know. I don't know if that's the if that's the easy answer. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is is the answer. I mean, the guy's got one Super Bowl. They were together in Green Bay. You know what I mean? So um, Josh Jacobs, I think they're going to slap a franchise tag on him. Um, The the you know Max Crosby. I feel bad for a guy like that. Him and Josh Jacobs have put everything and left it on the field. Um, We've sort of seen the progression of of Chandler Jones. There are other guys on the defense who put their heart and soul in that. It's just it's it's been a banged up. You know, it's been a banged-up unit, um, guys like Denzel Perryman who leave it all out on the field. So it, it, I, that's going to that's be the problem for McDaniels and Ziegler is how to sort of keep guys around um, that have been a so Because if you don't keep someone of the unit that's been the heart and soul for the last three or four years, the guys who actually have been good picks, because I know that's hard to say from the Gruden and Mayock era, um, with, with the travesty that they've done with draft picks. But, um, you know, they have to really make a decision, the makeover that's going to have to take place because you've now dislodged the quarterback. And so do you decide, like I said, do you bring in a long-time veteran to be the one, two-year fix and then start over in a couple of years, or do you start fresh? You know, um, that's the tough thing. Do you bring in somewhat of a journeyman and, and draft a young quarterback that can learn from that guy. You know, I hear the name Jimmy Garoppolo brought up a lot. I it's, it's very tough. It's, it's, we have to see how these last two weeks play out. And I think we have to see who sticks around.
3: Willie, if I'm a Raiders fan, if I work for the Raiders, I go to bed every night thinking Mahomes is in my division. Herbert's in my division. That's the standard I have to live up to. Is that sort of the elephant in the room with the Raiders? That that's the bar you have to live up to with those two great quarterbacks and finding one to to compete with those guys. Yes, and that's been
6: the uh, that's been the sort of the mantra. That's you know how do we keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs? And then when Herbert came around and we saw the Chargers, the thing is, I think that there's a lot of flaws in the Chargers organization um, in general um, because they didn't take over the division like everyone expected them to. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't on board with them winning the AFC West. I thought that the, the Raiders had a good chance to challenge. Um, I'm, I'm shocked, like a lot of people, at, at how this season has panned out. But I think that's been the mantra for whoever's been, you know, in charge of the Broncos or in charge of the Raiders is keeping up with the with the Kansas City Chiefs, stopping Patrick Mahomes, or finding an op- putting an offense together that can put the points on the board to contend with them. So uh, the Chiefs have never really focused on a defensive nature. They they've been an offensive team that figures, okay, well, if if somebody's going to beat us on defense, we're just going to outshoot them on offense. So. Uh, I think that that's always been the mindset, and and I think that that's you know that's part of the makeover is what do we do to strengthen our secondary? How do we bolster the linebacking crew? I think Denzel Perryman is is a fantastic locker room guy and a and a veteran leader. It's just that we've seen his I don't know if it's his age or what or just the way that he plays. He's such a hardcore guy. He's he's vulnerable to to injuries this year, um, but the secondary has to be fixed up to contend in this division, and and you just have, you know, I don't know if Patrick Graham is going to stick around. Now, that being said, he's gotten a lot of knocks. I will say this about the defense. If you look at the complexion of this team's season, it's been decent in the first half because we've we constantly talked about second-half uh, failures, second-half comebacks by the other team. But that's not all in the defense. When you have an offense that can't sustain its drive, when you have a head coach whose play calling is questionable, you got Josh Jacobs running wild in the first half, and then all of a sudden – we diminished the running game in the second half. We got Devontae Adams with big numbers in the first half, and then his target numbers dropped to near nothing in the second half. That falls on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't sustain drives, which unit's getting tired? The defense. So I'm not sure how much Patrick Graham, you know, maybe it's it, – it, I think everything falls back. Derek Carr, Patrick Graham, the defense, everything falls back on what McDaniels has done in second halves this year. So I'm still not convinced on that Josh McDaniels is ready to be a head coach, or he's still in a learning phase.
5: All right, Willie. Uh, we got a little less than three minutes here. Let's uh, talk about three of your best bets uh, for this weekend. So we got about a one minute right. per game, and I think the uh, Jaguars Texans game is on your radar, right? It is. I know
6: the Sharks are playing Texans at three and a half because of the Jacksonville starters. Uh, Pearson said that he's playing the starters. The question is for how long. Next week is what matters, but. The Titans are going in after getting thumped by Dallas. Jacksonville, I mean, do you really want to go in with a nonchalant we-don't-care attitude, and if you win, you win, if you lose, you lose, and then focus on – I think that, you know, Trevor Lawrence said it best. This, this is a team that beat us earlier in the season. They want to play. And so I'm kind of looking at the Jaguars' first half. So that way, if they put forth a good effort and then the starters are pulled and Houston is able to stay at it and they win late, I like the Jaguars in the first half in this one because I think that they're going to come out fiery – Look at the sort of play with a little bit of momentum and give themselves a little boost of confidence before next week.
5: Okay, yeah, I I would be surprised if the Jaguars play many of their front line guys in the second half. So that's an interesting way to look at that game. Obviously, how about uh, the Chiefs hosting the Broncos? Can you take the ugly dog here? Can you take the twelve and a half or thirteen with Denver?
6: Well, the coaching change philosophy had the Sharps playing the Broncos, right? The Chiefs just dismantled that defense in Denver, though. And if there's one thing that was working and kept the Broncos in games totals low, it was that defense. But they've been humiliated by the Chiefs, last week by the Rams, two of the last three weeks that defense has been non-existent, costed Hackett his job. So um, I think the Chiefs' defense might be better than it was in Denver in that shootout recently. And I think the offense will look just as good. Chiefs are still playing – Cincinnati and Buffalo play on Monday. Chiefs could come away with the AFC top seed. I still like the Chiefs in this one. Coaching change or not.
5: All right, Willie Ramirez, ESPN Radio, Las Vegas, with us. Here's your final play. You've Got about thirty seconds. Two of the worst spread teams in the league are the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. You've got to play on the uh, Panthers-Bucks game with the Bucks now three and a half for four point favorites.
6: Yeah, Sharps had the Bucks at minus three. Panthers, uh, they took them back. Panthers plus four. In terms of offensive drives ending in a score, Panthers ranked fifteenth at 37% of the time. The Bucks are 26th in the league at just 31.8%. Flip side on defense, Panthers have the 12th best defense, allowing the opposition to end their drives with the score. I like the uh, the Panthers, if you can get the half point or four, three and a half, plus three and a half or plus four.
5: All right, good deal, Willie. Appreciate the time, man, and uh, happy new year, buddy.
6: All right, guys, take care of that voice. I know I'm trying to take care of mine,
5: Matt. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it, Willie. Thanks. ESPN right. Radio, Las Vegas, Willie Ramirez. Quick break. We come back. We'll have more breakdowns. We're going to talk about the Colts, Giants, and why Will Hill likes that game.
3: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
5: All right, here we go. Continuing on the Sunday Bet Prep show as we work our way through the rotation, Week Seventeen, and uh, Will Hill. Let's start with a pro tip here because I've been watching college football all day. TCU takes down Michigan. We've got a thriller between Georgia and Ohio State. And um, not too long from now, we're going to be talking about the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. So here's a pro tip. Don't make your biggest bet of the year on a championship game, whether it's the college title game or the Super Bowl. Will, do you sign off on that? Just because it's a bigger game doesn't mean you have to make a bigger bet.
3: Yeah, it's a good one. And I'll sort of piggyback that where, hey, if you have four or five bets on a normal Sunday when there's a dozen games, well, once the playoffs come around, there's two or three games, so you should you should probably not have as many bets. You don't bet just as many games just because there's fewer games. So uh, keep that in mind. And Like you said, just because it's a bigger game doesn't mean you have to make a bigger bet just to make it more exciting. That's a, a dangerous way to go about uh, betting these
5: games. Yeah, I can tell you that typically uh, my biggest bets of the year might be on a week five college football game or a Wednesday night college basketball game. You just never know when, when that opportunity is going to pop up and – uh, never has my biggest bet of the year been on the Super Bowl. Yeah,
3: unless it's like a prop or something, then you can have an edge. But these lines are pretty hammered out. You're not going to find too much of an edge in some of these, you know, NFL playoff games where there's billions of dollars of handle. Where, like you said, if you catch like an, an Ivy League basketball game where it's Columbia versus. Uh, you know Yale and the lines off by a point or two. Maybe that's something you can catch, but usually doesn't happen when the Cowboys are playing the no. Pack or something like that. Well,
5: no, the one thing about the Super Bowl is, if you do want to get down a massive amount of money, you can. That's that's easy to do if right. if you want to do it. So well, if your wife's going to let you make a huge bet on the Super Bowl, you can do it. Um,
3: shows you it, it shows you the books aren't afraid though. It shows you the books think they have a good number because if you try to walk in with you know, 20 grand to bet on a preseason game, they're going to say, not so fast, my friend. They're going to give you the course, though, because they don't really trust their number. They're worried you know something they don't, but with the Super Bowl, they'll uh, they'll take whatever you throw at them. Right,
5: right. Hey, uh, let's give some injury updates here as uh, we head into Sunday's games via Adam Schefter of uh, ESPN. How about Packers wide receiver Christian Watson? He's been a uh, second half of the season sensation, really, for Aaron Rodgers. He's listed as questionable against the Vikings with a hip injury. He's going to test it pregame to see if he can play. Watson did not take any live reps last week during practice. Green Bay's still hoping he can play. Um, Will, which side did you say you lean in that game, and does Christian Watson and his status have any impact on your handicap here?
3: They need all the receiving help they can get. I think they've done Rodgers' a disservice the way they've drafted, not drafted, not signed receivers. Uh, so the need Watson, uh, my, my guess is they will be able to give it a go. But either way, like we talked about, the Vikings have all sorts of issues at, uh, on defense. Whoever the Packers throw out there on offense right. is going to be able to get open. So I like the over lead towards the Packers. I'm, just, I'm not crazy about laying three, three and a half, but I do think they win this game.
5: I'd like a little bit better if Watson's out there. He's been a big playmaker yeah. for the Packers as a rookie wide receiver. Uh, also from Adam Schefter, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence, linebacker Trevon Walker, Two former number one picks, both listed as questionable, both expected to play against the Texans. So that's kind of a segue to one of the games we were going to talk a little bit more about in this segment, Will. Jaguars-Texans, and uh, you do have to question how often or how long Trevor Lawrence is going to play in this game if he does play at all, and do you take Doug Peterson for his word when he says he's going to play his guys? This number has dropped from four and a half to three this week, And obviously, Sharp betters taking a a three-and-a-half, four-and-four-and-a-half with the Texans, thinking the Jaguars are going to treat this like a scrimmage, kind of like the Titans did against the Cowboys on Thursday night, right?
3: Meanwhile, the Texans, who have owned the Jags, so maybe that gives the Jags some motivation. There's a lot of competing interests here with these motivations, where, okay, it doesn't mean anything to the Jags. You don't want to get guys hurt. That's a feather in the cap for the Texans, if you like the Texans. But the Texans have a lot to lose. That number one pick... Uh, it's very important. You want to have your pick of these quarterbacks, whether you like Stroud or whether you like young and you don't want the bears to leapfrog, even though they're not going to pick a quarterback, they're going to likely auction that pick off to somebody who does want a quarterback. So you're going to lose out on, on the choice, your choice of quarterback. So, uh, but then you could th- throw another counter at that and say, Hey, these players don't care. You know, we remember a couple years ago, the jets had every chance to get speaking of Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, And what happened, they won a couple games, they beat the Rams, and I forget who else they beat, and they end up with Zach Wilson. So sometimes the players don't care as much as we make it out to be. So the Texans probably don't want to win in terms of the front office. The Jags don't need to win. I really don't know what to make of this game. When in doubt, I guess take the points, but uh, you know, at at three here, I'd probably pass just because there's too many moving parts here.
5: Okay, I hear you. Dan Graziano from ESPN reports as well, the Patriots expect running back Ramondre Stevenson and tight end Hunter Henry Both listed as questionable on the injury report to be okay to play Sunday against the Dolphins. So good news for the Patriots ahead of that big game in the AFC East. Let's talk a little bit more about Colts-Giants and why you are, I would say, a little hesitant to lay the points with the Giants in a spot here where uh, they really need to win and the Colts could not have looked much worse than they did a week ago, Will.
3: Yeah, this team is this Giants team is going to somehow end up in the playoffs, but there are not five or ten teams with with less talent than the Giants. This is all smoke and mirrors. This is all gimmicks and misdirection. This is a great coaching job by Dable. There's just not a lot of talent there on either side of the ball. So I can't lay five and a half. All they do is play close games. So uh, I, I like the Colts here just because I don't think the Giants should be laying almost a touchdown to pretty much anybody. Although I'll admit that will be you know you don't think of the Giants having this great home crowd. It's sort of an older crowd. Uh, but that will be a a very vociferous crowd tomorrow because they have not been to the playoffs in a long time. This is sort of a, an underdog, unexpected season. They do have a cl- a chance to clinch tomorrow go to the playoffs. It'll be a wild building. I just can't lay five and a half with this team.
5: You know, we just talked with uh, Willie Ramirez, ESPN Radio in Las Vegas, about the Raiders and what they're going to do with their quarterback situation in the future. And it seems like the favorite right now has got to be Tom Brady. A lot of it has to do with his connections with Josh McDaniels, obviously. Do you think Brian Dable is definitely going to stick uh, with Daniel Jones? It's a great question. Is it really? You know, some... Is it really a great? Question? I, I would think he's got to be the favorite to to stick as a Giants quarterback, right?
3: Yeah, boy. You, are you going to give him big money, though? I mean, that's where you get in trouble. You start paying these mediocre quarterbacks big time money. Can you really go the distance with him? I I don't know. You know, I I really don't. I wouldn't commit to him long term. But again, you, you talk about it with all these teams, Vegas, Washington. You go down the line. Okay, it's easy to just replace these guys, but you got to find somebody to replace them. Uh, I, I don't know that it's that easy. So that's a really tricky situation uh, with Jones. My guess is they bring him back. But boy, you could sell me on, on moving on, but it's going to be hard to do that after making the playoffs. That's probably the toughest call of all of these is Jones back with the Giants. That's a tough
5: call. Okay, what do you think the Colts do at head coach? By the way, the Colts have been outscored 84-3 to in the fourth quarter during their five-game losing streak. Jeff Saturday's first game as interim coach comes out to Vegas and he beats the Raiders. Embarrassing for the Raiders and Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr. I think it was – if that wasn't the beginning of the end for Derek Carr, it was probably the loss to Jacksonville uh, before that. But being outscored 84-3 in fourth quarters during a five-game losing streak has to be an indictment of the coach or the coaching staff. What do you think the Colts are going to do? Is there a chance that Saturday sticks? boy, what number
3: would you have to give me to bet that? I don't think, maybe a 10-to-1, I'd throw a couple bucks on it. I don't think, how could you make him the coach? I mean, he he got his audition. I thought, you know what, it's outside the box. Who cares? It's a dead season. Give him a chance. It's not that big a deal. He has not earned the right to come back. So they'll move on, whether it's a coordinator or a college coach. They'll find somebody else. Saturday won't be the coach next year. Okay.
5: Uh, Let's start Cardinals. What do you think? Uh, I don't think he should be. Yeah. But with Jim Irsay, who knows, man. That guy's kind of out there. He can make some odd yes. decisions. So I don't want to say that's definitely not going to happen because he's the type of owner who who can make that happen. So, uh, All right, let's 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 finish here. The, the Falcons were a good story in the first month or two. They got off to a hot start. Obviously, they fizzled. Uh, but the Falcons here are six-point favorites. There's some inflation in this line due to the Cardinals' Uh, situation on offense. They're down to essentially a four-string quarterback in David Blau, who was signed to the practice squad a couple of weeks ago. And DeAndre Hopkins, who would make David Blau's job a lot easier if he had DeAndre Hopkins. He's out. Hopkins is not going to be on the field. So the Falcons six-point favorites with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. You played the Falcons in the contest at minus 3.5. That's a stale number. Could you consider playing the Falcons? Would you uh, would you play them on a teaser? Would you play them on a money line part Would you play them in any way, shape, or form at minus six against Arizona?
3: I would stay away from the side. Like like I said with the Giants, the Falcons are, have no business laying six to anybody. I don't want to put my money behind Blau on the other side who just got there a couple weeks ago. If anything, I would probably play under 41. Can't see a lot of points in this game. And I'd also uh, probably go under for a number of view- viewers watching this game. This is about as bad an NFL game as you can get. So I will not be watching much of this game. I don't <laughs> think I'd be betting on this game. If I did, I'd probably bet the under. But yeah, I don't, I don't see how this laying six to pretty much anyone. That just shows you what disarray... Uh, the Cardinals are in and talk about a team that's a mess. They have no quarterback for next year. Uh, can you bring Kingsbury back? That's a team that's going to be favored to be get the number one pick in the draft probably next year. So uh, that's a team that's an absolute disaster to be you know getting six against Atlanta. Yeah, that's
5: true. All right, that's Will Hill. Matt Eumann's here on the Sunday Bet Prep Show. We're uh, about two and a half hours through our three-hour preview. We have not talked much about the Bears and the Lions. So let's do that next and uh, break down Justin Fields and why he should or should not play. In Detroit on Sunday.
3: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Vison the Sports Betting Network.
5: Become a VSIM Pro subscriber for only $79. Get access to everything we do from now through the big dance in March. VSIM Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show host and guest, betting splits, betting reports, and more. This is a limited time offer. Sign up now. Get VSIM Pro access through the end of March madness at vsin.com. So I subscribe. All right, Will Hill. Um, about a week ago on VSIN, I mentioned that on the VSIN daily email, the top plays, I never gave out Georgia minus six and a half against Ohio State. Somehow my name ended up on that report at Georgia minus six. And uh, when I was on the Follow the Money show with Dustin, Swedelson, and Mitch on uh, Friday, I said, I'm on Ohio State. I'm on Ohio State plus seven. And uh, that's been my side the entire time. I don't know how I got. Uh, stuck with Georgia on that v email. Uh, but that was a mistake by somebody I uh, called that out. Right now, we are coming down the stretch in the college football playoff game. And it's a thriller between Ohio State and Georgia. I don't think Bears-Lions is going to be quite as exciting on Sunday. And I got a question if Justin Fields should even be on the field uh, for the Bears in this game. if the If the Texans can get a win... Here at the end of the season, the Bears can get the number one pick in the draft. And whether you want a quarterback or not, that's very valuable to have the number one pick in the draft. That's a great trade uh, trade chip if you want to use it. So the Bears are six-point underdogs at Detroit, total of 52.5. But I contacted Brad Biggs, who's the beat writer for the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. He said, without a doubt, Justin Fields is going to start in this game. Will, is that a smart move or not? Because Fields is taking a real physical pounding late in the season. I, I think it's in the Bears' best interest, a team that's uh, on a long losing streak here, uh, to sit their franchise quarterback. What do you think?
3: I wouldn't play them. Uh, I, I think you've had, sort of, in some ways, an ideal season here where you saw some promise out of fields, but you lost enough to get good draft position. You need to yeah. recoup some draft equity after years of just giving up draft picks after draft picks to move up, including to get field. So I wouldn't play him. It's just not how these guys are wired. The players, the coaches, they want to win every game. There's uh, that element to it where, you know, the, their record sort of, uh, you know, goes on, on their graveyard, on, on their tombstone, so to speak. So, you know, I, I wouldn't do it, but uh, that's just not the way they're thinking. So, uh, you know, that that's their decision. We saw Murray get hurt, and, you know, he, he's going to miss the rest of this year or next year. So you can get these guys hurt, and they can get hurt for a long time, but uh-huh. just not the way they think, I suppose.
5: The Bears have lost eight in a row. They're three and 12. Why play your franchise quarterback in a game like this? Now, you don't want to lay down for a division opponent. The Lions need to win. They're seven and eight. Uh, I understand being a a competitor and wanting to win. You got a first year coach who probably doesn't want a a three win season on his record. But really, to make a difference, if you win three or you win four, you're better off rebuilding in the long term if you get that number one draft pick. And hey, it's not going to surprise you. It's not going to surprise me if the Texans upset the Jaguars on Sunday. They're three-point home dogs, and we don't know if the Jaguars are going to play their main guys. So I think it would make a lot more sense to to sit Justin Fields and uh, play Nathan Peterman. But there's something else to talk about here as well. Why is By the Nathan- way,
3: they get the Colts next week, too. Sorry to jump in, but the Texans, not only could they win tomorrow, yeah. they get the Colts next week. Anybody could beat the Colts. So sure. I mean, the Texans could win their last
5: two games, believe it or not. The Bears can get that top draft pick, and I think yep. you got you got to play for that at this point. You've lost eight in a row. You're 3-12. And, and here's another thing. I don't think the Bears are going to be uh, looking at a quarterback in the draft before the season. Uh, the, they probably thought that was a possibility. Not now with how Justin Fields has played this year. Why is Nathan Peterman your backup quarterback? If, if Justin Fields goes down with an injury, you need to do what the Ravens do. You've got to have three quarterbacks who are essentially in the same mold so you can run the same offense if your starter like Lamar Jackson goes down. The Bears have to run a totally different offense for Nathan Peterman if they put him in there. Don't you think, Will, are the Bears smart enough in the draft to uh, pick up a guy like Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA or is a mobile quarterback – who's more like Justin Fields as your backup, why the hell would Nathan Peterman be your backup?
3: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. It's an indictment on the the GM. and It's an indictment on their just level of talent when you have somebody as bad as Peterman. I know uh, a lot of teams don't have a good backup, but Peterman's got to be the worst one in the league. We saw him against the Jets, how bad uh, that situation was when, when you lose Fields. So uh, I believe that was actually Simeon. So yeah, they don't have a good backup quarterback, quarterback situation. The talent on the team just in general is horrible in terms of the defense. They don't have any receivers, so which is what, even more reason you need a number one pick so you can trade up and, and get as many assets or, or trade down and get as many assets as you can and then, you know, pick whoever at third, fourth, wherever you trade down to. So yeah, all the signs point to trade down, lose all these games, trade down, and uh, and just accumulate all these picks. And I know you're trying to build culture and win all these games, but they really need to uh, to upgrade their talent. And like you said, get a similar backup to Fields because these stationary, uh, you know, immobile quarterbacks behind Fields just doesn't make any sense.
5: All right, the first time these teams played, the Lions won 31-30 at Soldier Field. It was a missed extra point kick by the Bears that made the difference. Uh, Will, when you lo- look at the number here, Lions laying six, total of 52-and-a-half. I'm not going to lay the points with uh, the knowledge that Justin Fields is going to be the starter. I think maybe over 52, 52-and-a-half might be the way to look, but I don't have a play on this game. How about you?
3: Yeah, the Lions at home are sort of like the Colorado Rockies at home, where all these games just go over. There's so sure. much scoring. The Lions are a great offense indoors when they have all their weapons, when the settings are perfect. I just I can't lay six with a bad defense. If I had to bet the game, I'd actually lay the six just because I like betting on teams the week after they were embarrassed, and they were certainly not just embarrassed, humiliated last week against Carolina, where they just got gashed at a historic level against the Panthers. So I think they'll come back, play with a little more pride this week, Uh, I just, I don't want to lay six. They're a a good teaser leg uh, if you want to play them in in, in terms of a teaser. Uh, But, you know, to me, the Lions figure out a way to win this game, set up maybe an interesting game against Green Bay next week. I'm just not crazy about laying six uh, against, you know, the Bears here where the back door is open. Maybe a Lions team total over 20 and a half, 29 and a half. I think the Lions will get their points. So
5: maybe that's the best bet here. Okay, speaking of uh, teaser legs, you and I both, I believe, like the Steelers at plus uh, eight, eight and a half on a teaser leg. And this just looks like Steelers Ravens, it's going to be one of those ugly, low scoring games that these teams tend to play, right? Absolutely. I mean, you could rewind this game. Game three years ago,
3: five years ago, 10 years ago, these games are always nasty. They're hard hitting, they're low scoring, they're close. So uh, it makes for low variance, close. Uh, it makes it good for teasers, good for under. I mean, you're really cutting it short there at 35, but you, you put the Steelers plus eight and a half with somebody else. The Ravens aren't going to pull away from anybody. Hell, they had a hard time pulling away from Atlanta the other uh, last week. That game was an eight point game, could have easily been a lot closer. So, yeah. Steelers are a, a pretty attractive option here as a teaser leg.
5: I'll say it again. I mentioned it early in the show. Tyler Huntley's going to get to start. Lamar Jackson's going to miss his fourth straight game with a knee injury. Without Jackson, the Ravens are two and one but they've scored only a total of three touchdowns in 15 quarters um, without Jackson a quarterback. The Steelers 4-1 and in their past five games. The one loss, 16-14 to the Ravens, and they've allowed an average of 15 points in those last five. I like the dog here, and I think the dog is a, a pretty good teaser option. All right, let's uh, wrap it up here. I was just, just
3: going to jump in. Are we sure Lamar Jackson ever plays again for the Ravens? I mean, this injury has lingered. It was supposed to be a week, maybe yeah. two weeks. Now we're on to what, week four of this? There's a contract situation. I, I'm not sure he ever, I mean, look, he might play on a week. He might play in the playoffs, but I'm not sure it's a given that he ever plays again for the Ravens.
5: You know what? That's an interesting topic. I'm sure that's being battered around in Baltimore in the media right yeah. now. If uh, Lamar Jackson does not quarterback another game for the Ravens, I'm not sure they want to pay him like he wants to be paid. You know, a $50 million a year franchise quarterback. Where do you think the most likely landing spot for him would be? Boy,
3: that's a great question. You know, he's flawed. He's not perfect, but there's a lot of teams that would love to have him. Sure. You know, Miami wouldn't move on from Tua. Obviously, we talked about all the teams that need quarterback. You know, Vegas, maybe the Giants, Washington. Uh, You go down the line, Indianapolis. Somebody would take him. I can't think top of my head who makes the most sense for him. You'd think he'd want to go to, like, a a ready-made winning roster. Trying to think who's... could the Jets, would the Jets make sense with a good
5: roster? Could they have a lot of draft uh-huh. equity, I would think? Yeah, Maybe the Jets make some sense? There's a lot of teams that I, th- I think would make some sense for him. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Jets would be one. All right, Uh, Broncos and Chiefs. These teams are not going to be looking for a quarterback, even though the, uh, the Broncos yeah. have buyer's remorse on Russell Wilson. Chiefs have been a poor spread team. Uh Willie Ramirez joined us, said he would lay the 12.5 uh, with the Chiefs. Brady Cannon was in here said he'd take the 12-and-a-half with the Broncos. Do you want to break the tie or pass? Because I'm going to pass on this one.
3: I'll take the point. You know, it's funny. There's a perception. The Chiefs, oh, they're great. They blow everyone out. The Broncos stink. They get blown out by everybody. They're both actually kind of similar. They both play a lot of close games. The Chiefs pace themselves. They hang around. You know, they, they keep all these teams in the game. They don't pull away. The Broncos, with the exception of last week, the Broncos <laughs> play a ton of close games including a couple weeks ago against the Chiefs where they were down, what, 27-0. it almost came back to win. They did cover. They do have a good defense. They're coming off the embarrassment factor. So uh, I would take the 12-and-a-half with Denver. They never beat the Chiefs. I think they've lost 12 in a row, but they seem to cover and play pretty well against them. So I'll take the points here with Denver.
5: Yeah, you're right about it. That was a wild game. Russell Wilson threw the pick six. It was 27-0. Denver looked dead in the game and actually came back to cover in that 34-28 loss. All right, let's take a quick break. We're about to wrap up the show here tonight. Will Hill, Matt Humans, great guest list. And um, I'll finish it off with uh, My Best Bets. We're going to hear from Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network on uh, some potential prop plays that she likes. And uh, with two players in Sunday games, stay tuned for that.
3: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: The winter sports season is in full swing. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or hoops better, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join every week for new promotions like Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and a lot more. It's a whole new game, River Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. All right, it's the Sunday Bet Prep Show. We're at the end of it. Will Hill is my co-host tonight. Follow him on Twitter at Hill. And uh, appreciate all the guests who joined us tonight. Vinny Maiulo of uh, the South Point Sportsbook. Brady Cannon of VSIN, and Willie Ramirez of ESPN Radio in Las Vegas. Will, we kicked off the show tonight talking about the uh, bills bengals game on Monday night, the only game of the week between teams with winning records, and this just looks like a pick'em game to me on paper, and the Bills are one, one-and-a-half-point favorites in Cincinnati. If you had to take your pick on which quarterback you think is going to play better on Monday night, are you going to go with Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? I think I'd go with
3: Burrow. I just don't like what I've seen from the Bills, from Allen. Ever since that injury, you know, this isn't the juggernaut team we saw the first few weeks of the season that just destroyed the Rams on that Thursday night opener. They killed the Titans. They've won a lot of these games, but they've skated by. They haven't played well on the road. Uh, it, it hasn't been a dominant team, even last week against Chicago. The final score looks good, but that was a game that was nipping tough tuck for a long time. I think they were trailing at halftime. Uh, the Bengals are, are going in the other direction. They're home. They don't get a lot of Monday night, you know, prime time games. That'll be a, a wild crowd. So uh, I like the Bengals in this spot. I think they're playing better ball right now.
5: I do too. And you and I talked about it. And uh, the way I, I lean Bengals in this game, and I lean Joe Burrow. Josh Allen has not been that great on the road. He threw two interceptions his last road start in Chicago. He's got 15 TDs, eight picks on the road in games this season. But I'm pretty sure this game's going to go to the wire and be. Uh, a tight one, like we saw between the Bills and the Chiefs, like we saw between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And my preferred way to bet it is to put the Bengals on a uh, teaser, which I have at plus seven and a half. And I, th- I think that's probably the right way to play it. If you have another half of the teaser, you have a lot of confidence in.
3: Bengals and Steelers makes a lot of sense to me. And you know, sometimes you make a good point. Yeah. Sometimes the teaser is just the better way to go. You, you sit here and, and you know, pound your head against the wall trying to pick the right side of these coin flips. So many of these games in the NFL are coin flips, and you're just trying to guess right where. If you got the teaser, it's a lot different. So many of these games are played within a margin, so it's a teaser sometimes. It doesn't make for the best content to just sit here. It's sort of a cop-out to say you like this game, but you only like it on a teaser. But, hey, it's a betting show. We're trying to help you make money. Sometimes the teaser is just the best way to go. Yeah.
5: Hey, let's uh, – If you, you might want to bet props, too. Let's hear from Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network. She's talking about uh, Josh Allen. She's talking about Josh Jacobs and a couple props – You might want to keep your eye on this week.
8: Our girl Cynthia Freeland will be front and center on game day morning, handing out projections. But, hey, how about we squeeze just a few more into 2022. All right, always game. Monday night, huge matchup. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Let's go with the Bills, kid. Will Josh Allen have more than 253 and a half passing yards? He will. Yes, I love this. Why? Because this is a career year for Josh Allen in terms of downfield passes. Those are 10-plus air yard attempts where he has a 113 passer rating. Again, his career best. And what do the Bengals give up against such passes? Well, they average nine air yards per attempt allowed. So that's an interesting note because that's third highest in the NFL. So I think in a game that's going to be closely contested, Mm -hmm. back and forth, through the air, more than 253? more. I'm 271. so excited for that one. Alright, let's go to the Raiders. They've had a week, man. Rough. Derek Carr is out. Jarrett Stidham is in. You think we see a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs, right? Do you see him having more than 65 and a half yards? Well, I feel like we should just ask his coach who said he needs to have all of the carries basically. So, yes, I have 77 rush yards forecast for him along with a touchdown against this very, very stingy Niners defense. But here's the thing. Jacobs has generated 186 rushing yards over expected inside the tackles. So I understand that that's not the best place to handle the Niners because what 56.7% of the tackles have been against them there. One-runners, but again, this one comes down to volume, and sometimes volume works.
5: All right, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders here. This is one of my uh, contest plays this week, and I think I'm going to take 10 that the South Point's offering for a a small bet here. Now, San Francisco's defense ranks number one in scoring, 15.3 points per game, number one against the run, 75 yards per game. But I was talking about this with uh, Michael Lombardi briefly this morning, and the the 49ers don't have a lot to play for in this spot. They seem locked into the NFC's number two seed. And I I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders react to the Derek Carr benching. And I expect Josh McDaniels to get creative with the play calling. Jared Stidham's his guy. He wants his guy to look good. He's got Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams to work with. Uh... I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Raiders look pretty good on offense in the first game without Derek Carr. And by the way, Josh Jacobs leads the NFL in rushing right now, 1,539 yards. He's got a 110-yard lead over Derek Henry going into the final two weeks. Are you on board with that, Will Hill? Uh, the Raiders getting 10 or Josh Jacobs over 65 and a half rushing yards, like Cynthia Freeland said there. I'm not going to play the side. I would push back a little that the 49ers don't have anything to play
3: for. Right now, they're the three seed, right? A half game behind Minnesota because uh, San Fran does have the two seed. To me, that's a big difference being the two, three game at Minnesota versus home versus Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota can go in there around two and win. Uh, If Minnesota is going to have any chance, they're going to have to get Brock Purdy on the road. Uh, you know, first road playoff start, hostile environment. So I think that battle for the two, three is important. So I think this is a, an important game for the Niners. Uh, I just can't lay this number with Brock Purdy. I know he's played well, but he's been very conservative. Hasn't taken a lot of deep shots. I just, I don't want any part of this Raider team either with Stidham, uh, a team that, you know, you got to question their motivation. They still had an outside shot at the playoffs, very remote, but hey, they had a remote shot last year. They, they pulled it inside straight and made it. The fact that they're pulling the plug, you know, you wonder where their psyche is. Uh, if I had to make a play on this game, maybe the Raiders team total under 60 and a half and just say, you know what? If the Raiders get to 17 points and beat me, you beat me. I just don't think the Raiders score that many points. Right, right.
5: Uh, okay. Yeah, I think the Niners have about a 1% chance to get the top seed in the NFC. So you're going to be the, the two or the three seed, and you'd probably prefer – I'm sure you'd prefer Brock Purdy to get that home start. Right. Uh, but I like, I like the Raiders getting a lot of points here. I think they're going to show up. I got a sense that they're going to show up, Will. We'll see. I could be wrong about it, but I, I think they will. Uh, also, uh, best bets I played, I did I did play the Bengals plus one in, in the contest. But, again, that's a contest play. And as a bet, I teased the Bengals up to plus seven and a half. And I, I actually teased that with the Steelers, a so plus eight and a half. So, Bengals and Steelers on a teaser. I thought about teasing the Eagles down – Uh, But I did not do that. Uh, Patriots, minus two and a half. It looks like the Patriots are going to be healthy, except for uh, the rookie quarterback, Jones, I think is out tomorrow. And that's that's, uh, a potential problem when you've got the uh, big-time receivers that the Dolphins have got to work with here. Will, I'm a glutton for punishment. Tell me if this is dumb or not. I played the Patriots last week. They annoyed me to no end. And uh, I'm going to come back with him here as two and a half point favorites against Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not a Bridgewater guy. And I think Bill Belichick's defense, he's a check down quarterback. I think Belichick's defense can handle Bridgewater. I can
3: certainly agree with that angle. I worry about the Patriots scoring on the other end. Right. Uh, you know, to me, this is an under game. Uh, I would lean towards New England again. Go back to the teaser. You could get Miami up through the eight and a half, which that eight has become more <laughs> of a key number with teams going for two, missing extra points, things like that. Dolphins on the teasers, good. I like the under lean towards the Patriots on the side.
5: Okay. And one of the contest picks, I played the Buccaneers minus three, and I wasn't going to do that, but circuit was up to four, so I said, hey, it's a good number, I guess. And um, I don't love it, and I'm not going to bet it. That's just a contest pick, but uh, I do kind of like the Buccaneers to win the game and that division.
3: I lean Carolina. I just don't like (laughs) anything I've seen from Tampa. I think they got a good front seven. Darnold's actually played pretty well. I worry about Brady getting the 50-50 calls because all things being equal, hey, this league knows how to make money. They like to make money. Brady in the playoffs is much better for business than Darnold in the playoffs.
5: And if you're going to take four of the Panthers, I'm not going to argue with you there. I actually think that's that's a decent bet. How about Rams plus six and a half? That's also a contest play and a bet for me. I like the Rams in this spot after the Chargers clinched a playoff berth on the road on Monday night. Now in a short week, I think they're going to be flat as favorites.
3: Baker's played well. The Rams don't own their picks, so they're motivated as much as any team can be. Baker's playing for a contract. The Chargers tend not to win by margin. I know they did against get the Colts, but uh, I would look towards the Rams here. Neither team has a home field advantage. I'll take the
5: points here with the Rams. All right. Will? Great job tonight, man. appreciate you uh, playing hurt, so to speak. Both of us are trying to fight through it this week. And a happy new year, buddy, to you and your family.
3: They'll be talking about this show for years, the way we persevered (laughs) like the MJ flu game. Matt, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Happy
5: new year, man. Appreciate it. All right, you too. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That wraps it up for tonight. Have a winning weekend. This is v the Sports Betting Network.